0: Welcome to season two of Conversate Trans. Conversate Trans is an intergeneration podcast exploring trans culture. We're a small art and history collective, and in each episode, Jules and Alexandra interview other trans people. That means we're a trans podcast meant for trans people.
1: The type of podcast we do is a free-flowing conversation with other trans people we know or don't know. We want to document and highlight the vast story of the experience in the trans community. Because behind every salacious story portrayed in the media are these glorious, kind, audacious people who have their own stories and personalities that go along with being trans. Hi, I'm Jules.
0: And I'm Alexandra.
1: And welcome to Connor Say Trans.
0: Today we have Jason Pope. Jason, do you want to tell us about yourself?
1: Yeah, um,
2: hi, I'm Jason, or Jay, people call me both. Um, I am 21, I go to UCD, and I'm trans, that's kind of all there is to it. I'm not super complicated, I promise.
0: Thank you, and do you have a object for you today? Uh, yeah, I have a ring that I got
2: for my birthday last year. Um, so I was 21 last year in lockdown, great fun, I know. Um, had a massive rager, clearly uh i didn't it was very anticlimactic and Mm. on my birthday i was chatting to my dad uh because i live at home and he was saying how like oh he would have bought me a watch or something but i don't wear a watch he was kind of talking about how like he had a watch that his dad had owned and stuff like that but because i don't wear a watch he was like well i'm not gonna buy you something that you don't want uh and then we were talking about like now my uncle has a necklace and one of my other uncles wears like rings and stuff like that and I was like oh well I'd wear a ring uh so we went into the jeweler up the road from our house um and my dad bought me this white gold ring uh with my birthday on the inside of it uh, like my 21st birthday on the inside of it and like I wasn't really thinking about it that much at the time. Like, I was just like, well, it's, it's nice to receive a gift um, that I, you know, didn't expect. Uh, and I wasn't really thinking that much about it. But obviously, I've been wearing it constantly for the last few months since my birthday. And now I kind of look at it and I'm like, oh, this is actually like, I guess more meaningful than I expected it to be. Uh, because, like, I was just not really thinking about it that much. And now I look at it, I'm like, well, you know, I have what looks pretty much identically like a wedding band on my ring finger on the opposite hand uh, with a date commemorating my own birthday in the same way that somebody else might have, like, you know, a wedding ring and an anniversary date and stuff like that. Uh, And I was kind of like, you know, that's quite, I guess, symbolic. Of how like you know i want to prioritize myself i want to take care of myself i want to love myself and that i matter to myself in the same way that like some other people might prioritize a partner or a child or something
0: sorry it, that's like a really nice sentiment yeah but i i just i'm just thinking of like you know um the queen was a queen elizabeth who married like. Her country or whatever, Mm. so she wore like a wedding band. So just, I'm just thinking of like Jay getting married to himself. Yeah, like like that bit in Glee, uh where Sue Sylvester gets married
2: to
1: herself. It's kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah, but that's more like sad, and yours sounds more uplifting. Yeah, because I
2: guess like the way I was kind of thinking about it in my head is that like you know I was just I was just sitting here thinking about what I would talk about what object I would discuss. And it just kind of hit me all at once. I was like, oh yeah. Like in a way, you know, I'm I'm 21 now, like I said. Um and I am rapidly approaching uh having spent a third of my life out as trans. And I kind of realised that like compared to I guess the the start of my transition I'm now in a position where I can spend more time focusing on the positives and more time focusing on like caring about myself and being positive about being trans rather than being super focused on just the negative and the stress.
0: That's yeah. Um, I I think that's like a really good sentence because, um, It can be, it can feel so overwhelming when you start transitioning. There's, like, a lot of, it's very daunting, I guess. There's so so much you have to go through, and it's really good to hear that you're kind of, like, that there is a point past that where you just get to be yourself.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I came out as trans when I was, like, 14, so, like, I spent probably, like, 14 to 18 years old kind of hyper-focusing on the process of transitioning and like really focusing on my need to medically transition to legally transition and stuff like that and like those are important things and they were important and they needed to be prioritized at that point for me but I didn't kind of realize how much kind of weight would be lifted after that I didn't really think ahead of it I just thought of getting it done And now that I'm, you know, slightly older and I'm past a lot of that kind of like high pressure trans stuff, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I can, I can devote my thoughts to other things and I can think about other things. And it's just kind of, it's not that it's over because it's not like I'm no longer trans, but I no longer have to focus on kind of the, the negative element of being trans and like the stress of being trans. And mm-hmm. I can reflect on it now as like, you know, to me, transitioning is kind of like the ultimate self-care. You know, what more could I possibly have done for myself?
0: The only issue is you might have orc problems. Rings tend to attract orcs
2: (laughs) Well I hope I don't attract orcs
0: (laughs) Just never go to New Zealand
2: (laughs) Well I wasn't exactly planning on hopping over to New Zealand anytime soon As much as uh, their living situation seems a bit enviable right now
0: They actually managed to get rid of all the orcs Only country in the world
2: I know, it's nuts Um,
0: Yeah, the Yeah, like it is self-care, isn't it? Like Um I think that's really important to like know because I think people can sometimes feel guilty about a transition. Do you think so? Yeah, like I think that it's
2: I feel like I see other people feel guilty and like this is this is not a flex, but like I think because I You know, like, I was young when I came out. I was... I don't have any siblings or anything like that. Like, I'm an only child. So I think that, like, the guilt didn't occur to me, I guess. Because, like, I was young and I didn't have to maybe, like, share certain things. Because, like, I was, you know, on my own. Really. Like... You know, 14-year-olds are are selfish a lot of the time, regardless. So I think that it didn't really kind of occur to me as much to feel guilty. But it's certainly, like... It's something that, like, I see more now as an adult. The, like, guilt element. Because I think of, like, you know, oh, well, like... You know, oh, well, I want to have another surgery that's really expensive and that could be like putting pressure on me or on somebody else that doesn't need to be there and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think for me it was kind of like, it was kind of like I felt like society was kind of saying I should prioritise getting an education, getting a job. But then, like, personally, I was like, no, I need to transition first. Yeah. And it was, like, the societal kind of pressure to, not even to not transition, just that it was more important that I generate capital than I transition, you know?
2: Yeah, I get that. And I think that, like, I I feel like I had a different kind of mindset or a different kind of experience of it when I was younger because it was kind of like, you know, when I was like, still in secondary school and I was transitioning, I was more so coming from a mindset of, like, well, I wanted to be over before I go to college. Because I could see yeah. kind of the baggage that I... Like, the, the extra complexities of having to be fully responsible for myself as an adult, as a trans person, and having to, like, come out as an adult, as a trans person, which, like, I guess is... I don't think that, like being a trans child and being out as trans as a child is easy, but I certainly look at my experience and think that there was a massive benefit to being able to kind of effectively finish transitioning by the time I was 18, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of did something because I just did my first year of college, finally 25, got there. Um, but I did wait until I guess I was socially transitioned at least that I could kind of go and put Well, I'm on my hormones now, now, and like I I could go present as female full time. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is what I want. Yeah. So, so so I guess it's kind of similar, but yeah, I guess I was kind of held back in that way that because I didn't realize I was starting to transition until seventeen.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like I I, I guess
0: came out. I
2: look Yeah like I think that I was I, I, I would have felt like it was impossible for me to like continue forward in life without getting transitioning like like over with I guess not that it's ever like not that you just stop being trans, but that like I couldn't have managed going forward without like resolving it effectively.
0: Yeah, I get that.
2: Which, like, is the complete opposite of the, like, happy-clappy, like, self-care moment. (laughs) That it was kind of doom and gloom. That I was like, oh, this needs to be done. And, like, I think there was certainly a level of, like... There's certainly a level of, like... I guess, uh... I guess, like, um... I'd say, like, maybe it's bittersweet to an extent. That, like, I'm very grateful that I was able to resolve, like... You know, a lot of my legal transition, you know, was pretty much done as soon as it could have been. Like, this makes me sound weirdly old, even though I'm not. But, like, the Gender Recognition Act didn't exist when I came out. So I just couldn't have done that any sooner and stuff like that. So I was lucky, right place, right time, in that respect, that all of that was kind of easy to handle. But then, like... You know, there's a there's a level of, like, you know, a bittersweet feeling about how, like, everything was resolved and everything had a happy ending, but I see how much time I spent stressed about stuff that other mm. people just weren't thinking about, and stressed about other things that people just didn't have to, that the cis people around me didn't have to think about.
0: And it's just funny, you were kind of saying about how you felt you're old, because... Jules and I, when we were talking, you know, Ali Bell.
2: Yes, we know
0: Ali. Yeah, yeah, we had Ali on.
2: Yeah,
0: a few episodes ago, and um, we were talking to Ali about trans time. Mm. So, like, how someone in their fifties might only be just transitioning for like five years, and someone in their twenties might be transitioning for a decade.
2: Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. it's like,
0: as a trans person, they're kind of older in a sense, or like,
1: yeah, you know, you
0: can. It's like a non-linear kind of timeline life.
2: Yeah, like one of the things that I had, I guess, one of the things that has been (laughs) maybe a frustration of my trans experience is that I, yeah, I'm, I'm 21, so I'm young. People look at me and they think I'm a young person. And like, for all intents and purposes, that is true. I am a young person. I still go to like belong to youth services. I'm literally speaking young. But at the same time, I've been in situations where I've been like talked down to by trans people who are older than me, but who have not been out or transitioning or known they were trans as long as I have. And it's not that I think I'm superior because of that or that I think I'm better than somebody, but it's so frustrating to feel like somebody doesn't recognize what you do have like the experience that that has yeah. it's something I've i am very keenly aware of with people because obviously like you know it's been seven years a lot of the people that I know have done this are still vibing I still see them sometimes and I rem- I remember I'm keeping track <laughs> But it is kind of so different seeing that, like, you know, I have obviously, like, a friend group of trans peoples. Um, Of course I do. Most trans people do. Um, and I'm surrounded by the trans people. And everybody's kind of experience can be so different. Like, I have friends who have known they were trans longer than I have or came out younger than I have, who've had very different, like, transition trajectories even because of circumstances that, like, they can't control, you know? Like, there is privilege and luck in being a 14-year-old who can finish transitioning by the time they're 18.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, I guess I will jump back in here. (laughs) And we have a question from Alicia. It's just how important was the community groups you joined on those early transition days? Like, and belong to, obviously.
2: I would say very, because like I was, I was, I was bobbing around a lot of different groups. There was a, an LGBT group in my secondary school that was where I oh. met another trans person for the first time, um, and that was like so very important for me because up until that point like my exposure to trans things had been very much online. Like many teenagers, um I was very online. So like I hadn't met another trans person that I knew of in person. Uh, and then I discovered that like there was this other trans guy in my school and there was this LGBT group. And I started going and I started to like get to know them a little bit and you know in very like i'm 14 and i'm trans drama moment i was like freaking myself out kind of hyping myself up to talk to this guy because i i needed to tell someone and i felt like that would be my best choice to talk to somebody who like knew what it was like to be trans and i'm I don't know if he will ever hear this and I won't out him obviously because I think he's stealth now but like I think he knew (laughs) I think he could smell it off me that I was trans uh, because like I'm sure I was giving off all sorts of vibes Um, but like you know getting to meet and talk to another trans person for the first time was like so important because otherwise like I don't know where I would have gone from there like, I needed another trans person around, really, even though, like, we were never particularly close. He was older than me, so we weren't exactly, like, friends. Like, I was 14 and he was in, like, fifth year. So there was a a pretty big gap there. Um, But, like, he had a big impact, even though he didn't actually have to do a whole lot to make that impact. And then, like, I was involved with belong to and I was involved with like transparency with my parents and stuff like that so like I just kind of surrounded myself with trans people because even though there ended up being like a few other trans people in my school at the time I was like oh it's just me you know I was kind of on my own and I didn't know other trans people and I needed other trans people because like I knew that even though like I had friends and that my friends were you know, supportive of me being trans that, like, they couldn't really understand what was going on in the same way that another trans person could sit across from you and
1: be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Was this a mixed school? I mean, you're, when you were in secondary school, it was like, boys and girls. Oh, yeah, like, it was, it was a mixed school. Um, and, like,
2: it was, it wasn't exactly, like, we didn't have a uniform or anything, um, so it was a pretty, like, pretty optimal environment to be trans in, um, as schools go, like, no school is exactly stellar for being trans, but, like, certainly better than the alternative, um, and, like, it was really kind of, Like, yeah, obviously, it's still a school, there's still, like, some weird gender happening uh, among teenagers, and, like, yes, I had, like, a relatively queer secondary school experience, like, there was other trans people, there were other LGB people as well, like, I wasn't the only person, but I certainly, for a while, was the only out trans person, um... And certainly for a while, I felt like the most kind of visibly queer person a lot of the time,
1: yeah. because,
2: like, there were other, like, there were other visibly queer people, not to, like, you know, diss their experience, because I, I doubt it was easy for them either. Um, Having been there and having, you know, seen the same stuff, I doubt it was easy for them either. But I think that because, you know, because in order to come out as trans, you have to basically make an announcement to everybody, like, being, hi, I'm putting a target on my back. You know, it's a little bit more, you're the hyper-focus,
0: a little bit. I I couldn't imagine doing that in secondary school.
2: Like, it, the way
0: I think about
2: it, like, retrospectively, it could have been a whole lot worse. Because I remember hearing from, like, other trans people at the time that, like, Their schools called assemblies and like (laughs) threw them up on a stage (laughs) or some shit like that. That did not happen to me, thankfully. Uh, I think what ended up happening was because I wasn't there, they like this is I'm forever grateful for this. They didn't make me witness it, which I think was the best possible scenario because I would have hated that. Um, But it was like I was told to just go to my first class of the day. And all of my teachers had already been sent an email about it. So they all knew. So I'm just vibing there with my geography teacher. And she's like, y'all right. And I was like, what do you think, miss? Um, (laughs) And like everybody else in my year is like at their like role class in the morning, making sure that everybody's shown up to school, being read off a little announcement, being like, well, insert student's name here is now Jason and he's trans. And if you disrespect him, I will maybe consider doing something about it. You know, like it not not the worst solution. Not, probably not the best solution.
0: I mean, could did have been they worse. Do they like say, did you want this?
2: Yeah, I asked like what I oh, knew, okay. what ended up happening was like, I kept like I was in second year when I told my parents I was trans and over the summer i kind of went to them and i was like i would like to come out in school because i don't think i can put up with it like i don't think i can put up with being misgendered and stuff like that all the time uh and they were like listen if that's what you want to do whatever let's do it so i basically like armed my mother with an itemized list this is like a ransom situation i was like here's my list of demands (laughs) And I sent my mother like into the secondary school office to talk to the principal and be like, here are his list of demands. It really would have been easier if they just let me come to the meeting. I don't remember why they didn't. But either way, my mother was like well in on my like list of requests. Um, so like they were, it was considerate of what I had asked for. Because in fairness, I couldn't think of a better Solution at the time, you know, like I also shouldn't yeah. have had to. I was fifteen, but like
0: I didn't have a better answer for them, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I would not have come out in secondary school like my my
1: hello, Mr. Like Alexander wrong is she did we lose her? Okay, let's just Did wait. I lose? Yes. Yeah, I did, yes.
0: Didn't
1: I. Uh, no. So just continue where you were going. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine coming out in secondary school because I was already like. Such a bad experience. Yeah. So definitely wouldn't want to like do anything to kinda, you know, poke sleep and lion or whatever. Yeah. And and, I, um, there. I
2: what
0: Yeah, I just I feel like if it was announced, then everyone in school would be kinda like, Who's that person? And I suddenly become the most popular person in the school. And not and, like, necessarily pop
2: day. not necessarily popular in a good way. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just like, like renowned. Real. Yeah. Infamous. Yeah, and like, um, it was, it it's, it's it's good and bad, because like, listen, I'm glad that I did it, I think that the alternative of like, you know, I think that I was better equipped to deal with like, external mistreatment than I was like, the, I guess like, not to sound super dramatic, but like the the internal, like turmoil, for lack of a better word, of remaining closeted. I think yeah. I was better able to put up with the external stuff, so I don't regret it. But it certainly did, like, you know, on occasion put me in the line of fire. Like, I, not that long after I had come out, like, I didn't, I didn't, like, totally pass. Um, I would say that I, like, it was probably a solid 50-50 toss-up, whether or not I would get read correctly or not. Um, And... Because of that, I was kind of afraid of using the men's bathroom because there were so many guys in the school who wouldn't have known I was trans. You know, only people in my year were told. So I was still, like, generally using the women's bathroom out of convenience more than anything else. And, like, I went into the women's bathroom one day and somebody had, like, written on the wall, like, oh, why is there a, like, bloke in the men's bathroom? And somebody had written under it, uh, that it was uh my birth name slash jay and like that was so uncomfortable because
0: yeah
2: you know it's an acknowledgement yeah. that you're being watched in a way and I can understand yeah. how for yeah. some random girl in my school uh if she saw a fella come like, into the boys' bathroom maybe she into the girls' bathroom maybe it would have been a bit jarring. I get that it that s ne- wasn't necessarily like Coming from a bad place because it could have just been somebody who genuinely didn't know me at all, and it might not have been intended in that kind of a hurtful way. But the the it was more than anything else the fact that somebody would respond to it in that way that was really kind of upsetting.
0: It's such a bull, like yeah, from our experience because you go into the women's bathroom, um, and you they, they if you're Red as a man, yeah, or a male, or whatever. You're you're like you're worried that you're going to make people uncomfortable, yeah, and upset people or whatever. If you go into the women's bathroom, or if you go into the men's bathroom and get red as a woman, you're worried that you're going to get in like physical trouble, yeah. And all the while you're trying to think, what do other people see me as? How can I make other people not uncomfortable? And how can I make myself not uncomfortable? I'm balancing all these at once. At the end of the day, all you need to do is like pee.
2: Yeah, like I, I think I ended up, <laughs> I ended up at a point where I was just like, I think I did something really like ridiculous. And r- looking back on it, this is not what I would recommend to other trans young people by any means. But I ended up like deciding that my like men's bathroom like committed trial w- r- trial run was going to be while I was on holidays in Germany. With my family, okay. because I was like, "Well, none of these people know me, and I don't speak German, so I can just rely on the fact that I don't speak German." Retrospectively, I feel like that was a hate crime waiting to happen, um, and I probably shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, but it turned out fine in the end, I and don't... yeah. Then I was like, "Okay, I'm over my fear," but like, I guess that wasn't that wasn't really a proper solution because, like, you know two years or so after that, I ended up getting um like harassed in the men's bathroom anyway, not because I wasn't passing, but because this person knew I was trans.
0: Oh, what an asshole
2: Yeah, like he was I have choice words. <laughs> but like that was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, he it wasn't it was not a great experience. And like listen it could have like again it could have been a whole lot worse. There happened to be like other people that I knew nearby who stepped in and kind of prevented yeah. that from becoming a worse situation. But it was still terrifying, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like the confidence isn't going to carry you past like a trans phone. I can be as confident as I want, <laughs> but that's not going to stop somebody who knows I'm trans and doesn't like it from taking issue with it.
0: I feel like. As I was going back a little bit, just no, Brad. my my thing of when I started using the men's bathrooms, I was in, what's that shop center? Jervis. I was in Jervis mm. using the bathroom. Jervis, yes. And I went into the men's. And I kept getting funny looks. And I was like, but like, not like normal funny looks. Like, like, people staring at me with like confused looks, like furrowed brows yeah and i was like yeah okay these people aren't reading me as a guy and that was like last time i think i used the men's bathroom because it was just like i don't know it was like so subtle so cool. yeah um i that's just for people who listen, maybe people who are still kind of i don't know like questioning if they, what bathroom they want to use maybe that'll help them <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I think that, like, the bathroom thing is so hard because there's just no simple solution. It's constant trial and error to see, like, what happens, you know?
0: The only, like, kind of solution is gender-neutral bathrooms. Yeah. And even then, that's a whole thing.
2: Yeah, and, like, it sucks that, like, you know, even if, you would rather use a men's or a women's bathroom that you would feel like you have to use a gender neutral one for your safety. Like that's that's sad in and of itself. I'd prefer it to have the safety. But it's yeah. it's a bummer, you
0: know. And then I've heard of like I don't know if you heard about this, but like butch women are getting attacked for using women's bathrooms. Yeah. Being accused like, right in the UK mm. of
1: Oh wait, she's gone. And gone. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why it keeps happening, but she always comes back, and it's like she hasn't oh. left. Okay, there I,
0: you
1: go. Yeah. So yes, butch ladies. Butch, are love, back butch, it.
0: yeah.
1: Well, I guess butch lesbians. Okay. Um.
0: I well, I mean, just like masculine presenting, it, or like not like my. Ma- you know what I mean? Like not not super femme.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I guess fair, androgynous, maybe. you could say either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it, you know, I mean, you don't. It's, if they're read as masculine presenting, I guess. Yeah.
2: It's like anything <laughs> less than, like, I guess, like, very feminine and very stereotypical.
0: Yeah. And it, it's weird to me because, like, that's coming from, like, a lot of TERF groups.
2: Yeah, and it's it's you, so hurtful. Who are,
0: like, claimed feminists, but then attacking women for not fitting into their line of what a woman should be. Yeah. Therefore reinforcing gender stereotypes. Yeah, and, so, I, like...
2: and I think there's something so kind of... I find something so insidious in how TERFs, like... I mean, everything TERFs do is insidious, but, like, you know, from my perspective you know, as a trans man, I see something very kind of, like, I see something in how they talk about trans masculinity that is so kind of dismissive, you know? Like, their argument around, like, trans masculinity is that, you know, we need to protect these innocent little girls. Like, what's feminist about arguing that, you know people who are assigned female at birth aren't able to make their own choices and that they're not able to be independent. There's something very infantilizing about it. And, like, you know, I even think of, like, um, I'm sure you guys heard about it, but, like, you know, the the book that, like, what was her name? Abigail Schreer wrote um, that was called, like, Irreversible Damage that had, like, a picture of a little girl with, like, a hole cut out of her center. Like demonstrate how like we're doing harm to like women and the essence of womanhood being like you know the uterus and stuff like that. Like it's really, it's really grim how they kind of, you know, from their their supposedly feminist perspective, kind of extremely infantilize you know women and girls and hyper focus on the like biological element. That they perceive to be so deeply connected to woman, like,
0: like the kind of reproductive sexual yeah. element, is that? It?
2: Yeah, it's so kind of like,
0: which is like oh, what's the word? Which is like reductive, right? Yeah, it's 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 like this well, is what a woman is.
2: Yeah, it's not accurate. It's not helpful, and like in the long run, I know that it shouldn't. I know that it shouldn't require me to say it in order for people to get it, but, like, the way terfs approach trans people will eventually hurt everyone, and they are already hurting yeah. everyone, not just trans
0: people. Well, like, I cis people are affected. Not. Yeah, they're not. Well, that's what I was saying about cis women who are butch, or, and it's not even, like, I say butch, because that usually implies a gay woman. That yeah. I mean? um, it's, like, I don't mean that in Just lesbian women, any woman who's kind of just presents in a more androgynous masculine kind of way.
2: Yeah. Like it's.
0: Uh, And I think we're getting like more variety in that with with the emergence of like trans kind of culture, Mm. people who are just not presenting in traditional ways who aren't necessarily LGBT.
2: Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't know. I just. We all like peeing. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: We all need it. I'm like. Jill, are you gonna say something? I think, yeah, I don't. I feel bad mentioning something that's like a statistic, and I don't have the exact thing. I'll like Google it in a minute. But it was like Gen Z, like young people who are like under twenty. They're in like the early twenties to late teens. They're like more likely to be like LGBT plus, QI, was what it was stated as, and I guess that will come into it as well. They're like, oh, these young people, they're like corrupting. I mean trans people are corrupting the youth being like they're yeah. spreading their like queerness.
2: It was one of the things that like, um I mentioned earlier, like I'm in college. Um I am finishing the end of my sociology and social policy degree. Um, and I wrote a big long essay about um the LGBT youth strategy. And one of the things that I ended up talking about just in terms of like the context that queer young people exist in, um, was about how there had been a study a few years ago, the LGBT Ireland report, that had asked what the most common age people knew they were LGBT at was. And it was like 12, roughly. That was the most common age people knew they were LGBT in some way. Um, but a significant proportion of the general public that they asked said that 12 was too young to know you were LGBT. Mm. So there's such a like specific such a specific kind of contradiction there between like the reality and what people want to think about like the community.
0: Have you seen that thing going around the Tiffany problem? No. Where the name Tiffany comes from the Middle Ages. Right. Like fifteenth century. And people see it as like a modern name. Yeah. So if you put that into a movie or a book like Game of Thrones, People would think it was out of place. Yeah, even though it's historically accurate, and this is kind of similar. It's like the real experience versus what people decide, I guess, or think. Yeah,
2: I get. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like people's perceptions are very different to yeah. the reality of the and, situation. I feel
0: like I'm a bit weird because I I was definitely always trans. Yeah, but I didn't really come to the realization until I was seventeen. Yeah. But there was always a desire to be, like, soft and femme. Yeah. Even if it was in the context of being a guy. Yeah. And, but I I didn't have any representation. Yeah. So I couldn't see that as, like, you know, like, that was something that you could do. Because when I saw trans people in media, it was always a woman's brain and a man's body. Yeah. And, like, what does that mean? Like, (laughs) Yeah, and it's always kind like, of do I, like, do I have to get a brain scan? Like, yeah, if it's blue, I'm a boy.
2: Yeah, which is like, no, it's not the reality. Like, I remember, I wouldn't have said that I saw any like fictional representation of like a trans masculine person until after I had come out as trans. Like, I didn't see yeah. it before then. Any of the like trans masculine representation I saw when I was like discovering that I was trans was real people. You know, it was like. Predominantly, people on YouTube as well. Like, it was trans YouTubers who were choosing to kind of put their transition out there and like make themselves known in a way that like was very public and was very beneficial to me at the time. But it just meant that like there was quite a narrow range of what I saw. And like, that wasn't even how I initially kind of realized I was trans. That was after like seeking it out. I had initially kind of like, I guess, had my like click light bulb moment because i had been like on some forum for young people and i saw another guy the same age as me talking about the fact that he was trans and i was like oh that's a thing okay i'm doing that now i
0: decided That, that, that that's like my kind of similar because it was like i knew trans people existed but only in the context of like a very heteronormative like 90s kind of you know, that kind of period of, like, what a trans person was. Like yeah. Sexual deviance and all that kind of shit. Which, okay, yeah, I am a deviant, <laughs> but, like, a bit more to it. <laughs> yeah. Not, well, not but... because I'm trans.
2: And it's so unfortunate um, how that kind of, like, narrative of, like, sexual deviance, kind of, I guess, and, like, sexuality, specifically, like, follows trans people around. Like, you know, I've, you know in in the time that like I've been out and I've been transitioning and I've been like going through different services um ironically not the one anybody's thinking of um but different services um as a trans person like I've been asked about like my sexuality as a child and had that kind of focused oh. on as a child and like it's so strange like like, I can, it was never anything so insidious that I'm like, oh, that was kind of like, it's out of line, but nothing that, like, upsets me, you know? Like, inappropriate, yeah. you shouldn't have asked, but didn't reach a point where I'm like, oh, you know, you should be fired and, like, never be let in a room with a child again.
0: Yeah. Um, definitely don't have that experience.
2: Yeah, like, it's um, it's, it's just bizarre. Well,
1: I remember from like, um, speaking with Claire Farrell, who's like an older trans woman, she came up, I, well, I think she only started to physically transition when she was like later, and she started the Friends of the Eon in the 70s, and that was a group that was also included some like cross-dressers. Mm-hmm. So it's from like the 70s. Well, I know. I just mean, it's always been a thing about like gender identity and sexuality. Yeah. How maybe because they're both such like small groups. It's just like, even within the context of like the queer community, they've been like lumped together. And then that, like when you get out of it, it becomes just like blurry. Yeah. You're like, oh, they're like so related. We have to know one or the other. Yeah. If that makes any sense.
2: Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, as a community, I feel like, you know. Um, I know that people, like, sometimes question why, like, oh, why is the T even there, kind of, in LGBT? And I know that people question that. And I know that, like, for me, my best way of understanding that is that, like, even though, obviously, gender, identity, sexuality are quite separate, like, both of those things, both being, like, not straight and not cis are punished for being not, like, heteronormative. You know, it's it's a punishment of breaking the gender roles because part of the gender role is being straight, you know? It's not just that like it's about being masculine and feminine, it's about this, that, and the other. So it's like on that scale I get it, but it's so frustrating how like that can sometimes translate into people perceiving being trans as a really sexual or sexualized thing, especially when it comes to like trans young people, because like you know they're, they're children obviously like you know they will grow up and they will be adults but like it's so weird how people want to make it about like sex and being
0: sexualized i feel like a lot it's about people making it about themselves because you always hear it, it's like it's always I'm being forced to date trans people or something. I know that's the kind of... Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, or else it's like, how do I explain this to my children? Or this will do irreparable damage to my children. Like, it's always a way to make about their lives. Yeah. When in reality, it's like, no. uh, This is just, like, me wanting to be happy and myself.
2: Yeah, like... It's it's one of those things where it's kind of like, I don't, I don't think that like, I will ever, learn, I will ever understand kind of those arguments around like, you know, what about my life? What about the damage this does to other people? Because like, you know, one of the, and I know that this will happen for trans people of all ages, but something that I've seen and heard particularly frequently from other trans people who have kind of transitioned as like children or teenagers was around parents having, like, a grieving narrative of, like, you know, they're upset and they're grieving the child that they, you know, they perceive to no longer have, which is so kind of, it's so sad to see that that's how kind of coming out can be received. Because, like, even though I think that being trans can be extremely hard and I think that there's a lot of kind of negative things that come along with being trans because of the world that we live in. Like, in the same way that I see transition as like, you know, the most extreme kind of self-care, the most important kind of act of self-care that I could have engaged in, I also see being trans as a positive. I see it as meaningful and positive and joyful. You know, the things that are negative yeah. Yeah. are external.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like we should have more, like, coming out parties. Yeah. I I don't know, well, I know that's a thing, but for being trans, I think it can be a bit different from being coming out as gay.
2: Yeah, because, like, um, there is so much, I guess, like, and obviously not for every trans person, this is not the same for everyone, not to imply that it would be, but I guess that often, like, coming out as trans evokes a certain level of, like, action. You know, like, yeah, the action yeah. of socially or legally or medically transitioning and yeah, yeah. the complexities that come with that, whereas, like, that's not necessarily kind of so intertwined with coming out as gay I, or in I, other I,
0: I always think of, like, all these gender reveal parties or are shown. Yeah. So sex reveal parties, really. And um for big babies. Yeah. And, like, they're, like you know, the cis nonsense. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, like exactly. lighting this place on fire and everything. And, um, <laughs> I, I, I just keep seeing those and I keep thinking about, like, we don't really have as much as that, I feel, in the trans community.
2: Yeah, like, I think that, like,
0: and, and that's... like, that's more important because you have, like, a baby and someone else decides, like, based on what I think I can see and not knowing they might be intersex and Yeah. I'm just gonna we're just make, gonna make an assumption and then we're gonna light a forest on fire because of it. Yeah, like as opposed, as opposed to like, oh hey, I've done like this great introspection and come to realise the kind of person I want to be and I've begun my journey in transitioning. Yeah, like like that's, like, that's so exciting and wonderful and yeah. beautiful. Yeah,
2: like there's something so like when I when I look back at like, you know, like the process of transitioning and stuff like that, you know, what is more you know, positive, what is more joyful? What is more kind of you know beautiful than being able to sit across from somebody and say, like, I know who I am and I know what I want. And I know what I need to do to be happy. What like what's more beautiful than that? And like even thinking about like you know, obviously not everybody's experience of transitioning is the same. It's not always, you know, rosy in the garden. By all means, but like, there's something so there's something that I feel is so positive about going from a position where like I would wake up in the morning and I would look in the mirror and I wouldn't recognize myself to waking up every morning and being like, I really picked today of all days to be unstoppably sexy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's something really positive about that. And even though like, yes, it's dramatic, it's the delusional
0: gay self confidence. No, 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 but yeah, like yeah, it's real. Oh, I do that all the time.
2: You know? And it's important. Yeah, yeah. It's important to be able to love yourself and be able to do that. And like that's what transitioning enables for people. It enables and, that like, positivity.
0: There's also kind of it can also feel okay to feel afraid when you come out of or course. like have a bad feeling because I know we talk about like it's definitely a positive experience in the long run, but in the moments, I think you can get a lot of stress. Absolutely. And it's worth like acknowledging that because, I like I I feel like when some people are thinking of coming out and they feel afraid, and we're talking about like oh it's great it's like yeah. really happy they can feel a bit like well if I if I don't feel happy does that mean I'm not really trans and it's like no you can feel both yeah. simultaneously yeah. and like. Maybe you feel one. Well maybe you don't feel one.
2: Well yeah, like I think it's yeah, yeah. It's a shame how, like my my kind of takeaway from it is very like it's a shame that for so long we have been as trans people defined by the negativity of transness. We've been defined yeah. by the pain and the discomfort and the discrimination and all of that baggage. And that baggage is real, you know. Those things happen and they're real and they're important. And it's not that we need to ignore them or we need to move on from them or to not care about them. But there's something really powerful about trans people being able to reclaim their transness as a positive and as something that they love and embrace and that is beautiful and that is, you know, happy For them. And like I'm grateful that I've been able to get to that point because I know that like that's a process. You don't wake up tomorrow and feel that way. You know, it's it's a process. And part of that for me has been the fact that I've been able to kind of reach my like transition goals, but I still think that like it's important to communicate to people that like for all of the negativity that exists. In the world of being trans, there is something, there is nothing inherently bad about being trans. How people treat us, those like external elements, they're hurtful and they're real, but being trans itself is not a bad thing. It's not a curse.
0: Yeah, I would almost say it's kind of like, I I don't know, I'm a bit of a nihilist. I would kind of say it's like it's not good or bad it's just it's just reality and it's about how we experience or like our own how we apply our own feelings yeah
2: how we want you know to I mean? talk about our own lives like my hyper positivity is mine you know nobody else has yeah, to yeah. feel it and i want and, people and, and to I see guess it but like my, i wouldn't force anybody to be the kind of positive that i am
0: my my kind of thing is like it's you know, like a blank book. Yeah, you know, it's not pre-written. We can decide the narrative we want to create. Exactly. And I, obviously, of course, I want to create a positive narrative. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jay, thank you so much for the conversation. I think we might end here.
2: Yeah, all good, no problem. It's, just, it's yeah. just,
0: I think it's a really good positive spa. Yeah. Chills. were you gonna say something?
1: Um, not per- oh, well, well, I guess I'll add in my two cents before we okay. ago. But just, yeah, I think, like, transness is a human experience in the way that the negative has been so heavily focused on. And because it's, like, this other thing that is outside of the, like, cis heteronormative bubble. And then even now, again, there's, like, a lot of different countries that are kind of dealing with opposition to transness, like, legally. And... I guess it's like it's so difficult to see past that at times when you're in like a country like that and I know people in the UK are like I'm looking for a place to move and there's places like Colombia who are like I think they're in is it like some sort of coup and then I saw some trans dancers at like um a protest so I not saying like, oh, we've seen the negative. I just mean like, I completely see why it's still a prevailing narrative. But it is lovely that with kind of, you want to have this like <gasps> positive experience to like show people that, like, yes, bitch, there's light at the tunnel. Light at the tunnel, at the end of
2: the tunnel. And I, and I guess that like to actually, so we can't actually finish. This is my last, I promise, it's my last thought. Okay, yeah. It's kind of like, it's part and parcel. Like, In order to stand up for yourself, you have to value yourself in that respect. And like, you know, fighting for your rights, fighting for respect as a trans person is like, whether you know it or not yet, or whether you feel it or not yet, it's because you care about yourself. It's because you are doing something right for you that is about you. and It's not about other people. My Twitter is currently privated because I applied for an internship, but yeah. my Twitter is jtransboring. No spaces, just like J is in J-A-Y, trans-boring. Um, it's been like that for a really long time and now I don't want to change it.
0: It's a good username. It's
2: a good one. Unique.
0: And uh, people can find us at our website, thesterlings.com, or you can find us on social media the Sterlings Collective, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening.
1: But uh, yeah, thank you.
0: Bye.